Please turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 24 today, the first part of it. We are continuing on from what we did last time. Now, remember last time we looked at the consequences of denying the Son, and anyone that denies the Son also denies the Father. So when people say, well, we don't, like, we don't want Jesus, but we want God, you can't have one without the other. Amen? It's kind of like the water and the wet. You get one, you get the other. And so now what the Apostle John is going to do is actually show us what we need to do to receive the Son and keep the Son. Because remember again, he's talking about people trying to draw people away from the Son, from us worshipping Jesus Christ as God, literally. Amen? And that's the reason why he actually began his uh, gospel within the beginning was the Word. Remember that? And the Word was with God and the Word was God. His whole point was understand that Jesus Christ is God. And so we're not just worshipping some good person. We are literally worshipping God when we worship Jesus Christ. Amen? And remember again that Jesus was the one. See, the problem was in denying the Son, what you are also doing is denying the Father who not only testified, this is my beloved Son, but who also went on to say, in whom I am well pleased. Remember that? So what that tells us is that if you deny the Son, then as much as He's well pleased with the Son, He's very well not pleased with you. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? Amen? And, and I don't know why this is such a mystery to people. And I don't know why people keep skipping over this. You know, so much of the time people say, well, it's okay. If you want to believe in Jesus, you can. If you don't, don't worry about it. Uh, don't tell that to the Father. Because he has a whole different opinion. He already expressed it. Amen? All right. So, let's begin here in verse 24. The Apostle John says, Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. Now, first of all, in the literal text, it actually doesn't begin with the word therefore. It actually begins with as for you. The New American Standard Bible is the only one that correctly translates it that way. With the Apostle John saying, therefore, in verse 24, as for you, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. So he's saying, as opposed to everybody else, let this be true for you. Amen? I. Howard Marshall explains that with the words, as for you, the Christian readers are contrasted with the false teachers who have lost their grip on truth. I like that. They've lost their grip on the truth, okay? And they, that's the Christian believers, are urged to let the teaching which they have received in the past continue to control their thinking and action. I think that is really powerful. Can I say that again? All right. He says here, let the teaching which they, let's say we, have received in the past continue to control our thinking and our action. A lot of people don't understand why it is important to receive the Word of God. They think, well, you know, uh, that's just going to church and doing something religious. It actually isn't. Can I bring it down to a place where you can maybe identify or, or, or understand what this, is, what this actually means? Let's say you're, you're in a job, okay? You're working somewhere. Are we all there? Okay. And <laughs> there's a lot of things in that workplace you don't understand because you've never been trained up in those things. So you can only do so much and then that's it. All right? Something goes wrong somewhere that you don't know anything about, you can't help him. Are you all with me? Okay. And also, 
It's a funny thing. You only get paid for what you know. <laughs> they don't pay you for what you don't know. Amen. You know, that's why a lot of people go get further qualifications when they're in the, in the workplace. Because they'll pay you more. You have a qualification, suddenly your, your pay rises. Interesting, isn't it? Okay. Now, that is something we need to understand here. That <laughs> coming to church isn't a religious experience. Or shouldn't be anyway. Okay. You might have one of them. But that's not the only reason you come. You come here to get taught. Just like if you were at work and somebody says, all right, sit down, let's, we'll teach you how this works. And then you start to get some information and some knowledge. Now you become more productive. With information comes also a greater responsibility. Because now you know stuff. And if somebody, you know, something goes wrong somewhere, you know what to do. If you don't help, they're going to look at you and go, why didn't you help? I'm drawing parallels here. Okay. We are encouraged to learn. Jesus said the greatest of all is the servant of all. You see, we need to understand that in terms of learning. You can't serve if you don't know. Amen? And so our whole life... See, this is where I... You know, in the Bible... Okay, as Christians, there's no retirement. Oh, you don't get to a certain age and go, you know, that's it, Lord. I've been to Bible school for 600 years and <laughs> I have arrived. Sweetheart, when, the day that you arrive, you depart. Because we can't use you anymore. You might as well go home. <laughs> okay, <laughs> listen, we are never to stop learning. We are to continue to grow every day in every way. You know, and challenge yourself. See, don't ever use age or any deficiency that you think you have as an excuse. Did you hear you think you have? Okay, because God doesn't think you have. So that day when you stand up and say, no, God, here are all my excuses. He says, okay, here are all the abilities I gave you. You say you forget I gave you the mind of Christ. You say that you don't have time. He says, I redeem your time. He says, you say, uh, you're stupid? He says, I have been, <laughs> well, you know. He says, Jesus Christ has been made wisdom to you. See, whatever you think you don't have, God has already provided. Amen. What we do with that then becomes our responsibility. The other thing is, the very life that we live is His life. So, He's going to ask us for an account of, of what we did with his life. See, we all think this is our life, you know. I did it my way. Oh, you better not. <laughs> okay? Because it's not going to be a good day for you. Amen? Listen, man. We, the life that God has planned for us is a powerful life. It is an overcoming life. Whatever you planned, whatever awesome grand scheme you had, doesn't even come close to what God had planned for you. This is one of the problems that we have. One of the things that the enemy has done is to use ministers of the gospel to lower everybody's standards. Did you get that? 
And so what they say is if you're doing well, you have to give all of that up and, and, and become this down here to serve God. Can I tell you that the exact opposite is true? Whatever you think is up here, God goes, <laughs> oh, you're off the ground? Oh, okay, that's good. You know, when you look down, have you all, he knows. Okay, <laughs> if you've ever flown, it's a funny thing. The further up you get, the more and more it looks like, you know, the clouds are sitting on the ground almost. That's how God is. He looks down and he's got such a plan for you. His plan is up here somewhere. You've got your plan so far down, you know, it, it, you, you can't almost tell it's off the ground. And to you, that's like your really awesome plan. Isn't it sad that ministers take that and go, well, that's too much. God goes, what's too much? I can't, you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're here. See, when he says he's got something planned for you, you better hang on to everything in your socks. Because he's about to ask you to exercise your faith, do things that you never thought you would ever do in your life, and start pushing you in directions where you think, God, I don't think I can do that. He goes, I know, but I'm in you. We'll do it together. Don't plan on doing it by yourself. And that's the thing, family, that we need to understand, is God never intends for us to do anything by ourselves. Isn't it funny how we say, oh, you know, by ourselves we are nothing. And yet we have all these grand plans and schemes to do everything by ourselves. We're worried about, you know, we don't want God involved because who knows how far down he'll take us. Hello. We've got to stop that, family. Amen? Let's make a decision today to follow him, to follow what the Lord has planned for us. Because I will guarantee you it will challenge everything about you. How smart you think you are, how capable you think you are, how far you think you can go. Do you know why? Because he knows what you're capable of. And he knows all the lies you've been told to keep you down there. Don't be, don't be like that little eagle that was found by the chickens. And grew up all of its life thinking it was a chicken. And looked up one day and saw these majestic birds gliding through the air. And he said, what is that? And the chicken says, that's an eagle. He is the king of the skies. He goes, I want to be that. He goes, no, 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 don't even think that. You're a chicken. We live down here. We scratch, we eat worms. That's about it. And so this little, this eagle who thought he was a chicken lived the rest of his life as a chicken. Like I said, don't be that person. Amen? Let's get back to the message now, shall we? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. All right, let's go back to the quote. I was in the middle of it. <clears throat> Notice again, he said, let the teaching which you have received in the past, continue to control your thinking and action. That is what the Word of God is meant to be doing in our life. That is what makes us eagles. That's what causes us to leave the ground and begin to soar upward. That is what allows us to start seeing beyond our limitations and beyond all the limitations that people put on us and the world puts on us. 
Can I, family, you need to understand that you are a new creature, a new creation in Christ. You're not the same old person anymore. Something happened to you. When you received Jesus Christ and Lord, you didn't change religions. Listen, you changed identity. Do you understand? You were no longer a child of this earth. You became a child of God. We're going to, when we get to verse, uh, chapter 3 in the epistle of John, which is like five verses away now, okay? Yes, we will get there in the, in the name of Jesus. But you know, <laughs> when we get there, one of the things that the apostle John exclaims is, Behold, what manner of love is this that we should be called the children of God. That is an incredible, see, we haven't still allowed that to become a part of our consciousness a part of our way of thinking when it comes to approaching anything in life. Do we go in as, oh my God, I hope I'm okay to do this. Or do we go in as, God is in there. And then you say to God, you better show up. <laughs> you told me to go here, I'm going there. The rest is up to you. See, our job is obedience, his job is manifestation. He asks you to do something, he, he will be there. Just don't freak out. Because faith and fear don't work well together. Amen? So we need to go in knowing that we are his kids. Knowing that he will never allow anything to overtake us, overpower us. Amen? Overwhelm us. And we'll get there in a minute. All right. This teaching was obviously what was originally preached and spoken to the believers orally and why the apostle John says which you heard from the beginning notice he says which you heard from the beginning he didn't say which you read from the beginning all right because not everybody could read so this was ministered and that also tells us something that it was a personal ministry you didn't pick up a pamphlet somewhere okay and read it this was ministered to people one-on-one -on -one. are you all with me Amen? All right. And as to what that was, it's best brought in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. That's where the Apostle Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand. I, I love that. I can't go past this. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a part of this, but I think it is important that we see what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He says, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, okay, which also you received, and in which you stand. Having done all to stand, stand, okay? Never give up. Amen? See, we are meant to be in a position where regardless of what comes our way, we understand that greater is he, we're going to get to that verse as well, all in First John. In chapter 4, verse 4, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. See, family, this stuff doesn't work unless you actually meditate on it and actually engage that truth. As soon as you do, it, it's like turning you know, the, the, the button on. It suddenly, it's there, but until you switch it on, it won't work for you. See, we've got lights here, we have power here, but until we go and put all the little, you know, switch it all into the on position, nothing will work. In, in, in fact, sometimes on the desk, which really 
annoys me. Okay, <laughs> you know, I would like a desk where you push a button and the light comes on to say you're on. Not a desk that has a light on to say you're off. You know, it's easier to keep track of lights than no lights. I don't know about you, I just work that way. Okay, anyway, so what happens sometimes is you look at a light and it's on, you think that's all fine, actually it's off. And even though there's power, even though there's a signal coming, nobody's hearing it. Until you push the little button. Faith pushes that button. Amen? And that's why we are to walk by faith. Not by what we think we're capable of. And what everybody else says we're capable of. And what the world convinces everybody they're capable of. They're all in a system that is being ruled by the enemy. Amen? Family, we need to separate ourselves from that. If we are going to live above this system, we have to separate ourselves from this system. Amen? How do you do that? Is that a difficult thing? Trust in God. Just trust that whatever you have need of, He is taking care of it. Of course you need to pray. Not religiously. <laughs> okay? You make a shopping list. Is it religious? I hope not. You know why you make a shopping list? So you don't forget. You should, <laughs> you should do the same thing. You have a problem, jot it down. Listen to me. Make a list. And so that when you get to the place where you think, okay, Lord, what do I pray for? Get your little list out. Just like when you go shopping, you go, now why am I here again? <laughs> you pull out your list. Because, darling, if you don't use your list, you'll go home and I guarantee you will miss at least five things. And you go, oh, it, just, it was there. Went right past the aisle. Hello. Amen. Don't do it. <laughs> that, that's why jot things down. You know, remember it says praying always with all manner of prayer. Okay, and supplication and so on and so forth. The, the thing is that you need to be a person that keeps track of things. And, you know, if you need something, don't just think, oh, well, that's how the old cookie crumbles. That's how the old world turns. The ball, ball bounces. Whatever saying you want to use. Okay. <laughs> you know, forget about all of that. You jot it down. That is your prayer list. So when you're going to pray, you go, oh, that's right. I remember this now. And thank you, Lord, for blah, blah, blah. Or you pray and say, Lord, I want you to help me with, okay, however you want to pray. You take that list and then you pray, then you tick them off. If you believed and received, tick it. If you prayed and doubted, don't tick it. <laughs> Let me give you some free advice. It's on the house. Okay. <clears throat> Don't be one of those people that, that you, you know, you're praying over something, you're struggling to believe. And, you know, out comes, you know, this, someone preached and said, if you prayed it, then you should never say it again. Because, you know, that tells us that you, you, you're out of faith now. Uh, can I give you a hint? If you're out of faith to begin with, you're never in, we're never in faith, so pray again. Don't get religious about things, man. There are things that you know, you know, you know. Nobody's listening. Nobody's watching. You know that you didn't pray that quite right. You're just not there yet to pray that prayer. So what do you do? Faith comes by hearing. Faith won't come by wishing. 
You know, you can't say, well, I wish I had more faith. Well, that's not going to do anything. You need to put something in there that will build your faith. Amen? So find the thing that will help you with that thing. Don't listen to all kinds of stuff that doesn't help you. Unless you're looking for something in there. Are you all here? Be more surgical in the way you approach things. Find out what you need and then go exactly to that. You have a problem with fear? Deal with it. You have a problem with strife? Deal with that. Find out why it's bad to be in strife. Find out that it's the thing that destroys you. Find out that it is the thing that links you to somebody else. If you're in strife with somebody, that's going to wreck things for you. And basically do very little to them. <laughs> okay? The more you hate them, the more accidents will not happen to them. As much as you want. You know what I'm trying to say? Things like that. You start to realize those things. And you think the only thing that you're doing is killing you. Okay, things like that. Do you understand? And so you get some wisdom and you break away from that. And you think, hallelujah, you know what? I'm forgiving because I deserve a better life. See, there's the wisdom you're looking for. So whatever it is, find out what you need. Find the wisdom in that so that you can break from that and you can step into what God promised and live the full life. Amen. Which is what this church is all about. Okay, living the full life. Live the full life that Jesus Christ paid for with his blood. Amen? But it requires you to take a stand. This stuff will not come easy. Do you know why? Because you have an enemy who comes immediately to steal the word that has been sown. That's Mark chapter 4. Do you hear me? If you, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 2. It says, By which also you are saved. That is a word. If... You hold fast that word which I preach to you. See, it is up to you to hold fast to the word that was preached to you. I can preach this stuff to you, but unless you hold fast to it, unless you do something with it, it will just flow right over you, like water over duck's back. And this, the sad thing is, I've seen this happen where you know there will be a person that begins to excel, and somebody else will still be almost in the same place they were. Now listen... If you're receiving the Word of God, you will move. You will move. But how far you move depends on you. How fast you move depends on you. Do you understand? So the, the, the more you receive it, the more you put it to work, the more it will work for you. That's why the Apostle James said, don't be hearers only, but doers of the Word. Because that's where the blessing is. Amen? Amen. I'll finish here. I'm nowhere close to where I want to be, but I pray you're receiving something from this. Verse 3, he says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, I'm in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, that Christ, notice this is the first thing, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Can I, can I tell you what the significance of that is? It is sin that causes failure. Oh, you need to catch this. Can I say it again? It is sin that causes failure. If there was no sin, there would be no failure. Did you catch that? So the very first thing you realize is that Jesus Christ came and died for the one thing that stops you from succeeding. It is the power of sin in people's lives. 
Amen? And if you've been delivered from that, then you are in the Garden of Eden again. Without the snake. <laughs> okay? All right? You are in a place where God said, let them have dominion. And he said, subdue the earth. And the only reason we couldn't do that was because we fell into sin. So if Jesus Christ came and died for our sins, it means that somebody has paid the price for us to get out. If we're out, we are no longer under the bondage of sin, which says, you're not worthy. You can't do this. You're not made in the image and likeness of God. You're just a worm. You're just a, well, they, they don't say worm. They say, you're just a monkey that evolved. Some of you still look like him. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. Okay. Who needs a missing link? Some days they didn't. No. No. That's my uncle. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See, we need to understand something. Wait, the, the whole point that Jesus Christ dying for our sin separated us from sin. Because it, we, were, we have been separated from sin, we have been, listen, separated from failure. We have been separated from defeat, disease, all those things. Poverty, all of those things. We have been separated from them now. So what are we doing living in them? If we are, I pray you're not. I declare you're not. But there's a lot of people out there. You all know who they are. You know, they have this kind of, well, you know, we're, this is as good as it gets, and we're just trying to make it, and, you know. And, yeah, some days it's like that. But it doesn't have to be that way all the time. Amen? Somebody prayed a price for you to get out of that and to live a higher life. I also want you to notice he said something else. Not only did Christ die for our sins, but notice he says, according to the Scriptures, it wasn't something that was unexpected. It was something that was planned. See, that's what, you know, all the, the, the disciples were so disillusioned because they thought, how can a person that can raise the dead walk on water, <laughs> kill off vegetation just by speaking to it, turn water into wine, which is kind of cool, and, you know, <laughs> you know, do all of these incredible things, and now they're hanging on a cross and it seems just helpless. What happened? Jesus, we had such plans for you. What is this? He had to do that to get us out. He didn't die for something he did. He died for something we did. It's incredible and he didn't have to. What was so incredible about that was he could have, and the Bible tells us he could have called 10,000 angels and they would have delivered him straight away. Boy, they did not want their chief and their champion on that cross. The creator of all things, including them. See, they know their creator. I can just see Michael, the war engine, saying, just say the word, say the word. And while they were spitting at him and saying, you know, kind of, you know, physician heal thyself sort of thing. You know, you come off that cross. You show us who you all are and you say all these things and look at you. Meanwhile, Michael's with all of his angels standing and go, now, 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 now. 
Now, <laughs> we don't realize how many times Jesus would have said no for us, for you. Amen? He saw every one of your faces and said, no, they're worth it. She's worth it. He's worth it. They're worth it. And Michael says, are you sure? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean this much. You know? <laughs> but that's what Jesus did. That is the message that we are to remember. That is the message that people are trying to separate the church from. Even today. Amen? And that's the message we need to bring people back to. We are not involved in a religion. We are in, involved in redemption. We're trying to say wherever you thought you were, wherever, and maybe not even thought, wherever you were. When you were first born, you were born into sin, which is sad. Because you didn't do anything. It's just the way you came out. And that's the reason why, because you had no choice in that. God says it's a free gift. Choose not to be that. Choose Jesus Christ. You'll be out just as quick. Isn't that fantastic? And that's the message that we need to remember. Amen? So don't stand there and go, Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, God knows. Don't have to tell him anything. You're preaching to the choir. He knows it's not fair. So he did something about it. What, what are you going to do with what he did? Now that's not fair. You complaining about something that has already been paid for is not fair. You saying, well, if God's such a loving God, why does he do something? He did. You're the one that's not doing anything. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Let me finish these verses very quickly. <laughs> Verse 4, he says, and that he was buried. This is the next truth. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Notice again according to the scriptures. Nothing was out of place. He didn't rise up on the second day and go, whoop, too early. <laughs> uh, back, in the, back in another day. Nor did he, was he tardy. Somebody was in standing going, uh, Jesus, it's three days. Jesus, hello. Seven days later. He, <laughs> no, okay. None of that happened. Exactly what the scriptures said is exactly what happened. So what he did was planned. And what he planned was to rescue you. To redeem you. And to put you in a place of power once again. Amen? And that's the message we need to remember. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to have to leave it there for today. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.